You are about to listen to a sermon by Reverend John Cramper, head pastor of the Shekinah Temple of the International Central Gospel Church, Akosumbu. We hope that this sermon will be a blessing to you. I read in John chapter 3, verse 1 to 12. I want to complete a message I started, the spiritual things. I did the first part, so I want to complete the second part. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, you speak what we speak, what we know, and testify what we have seen, and you do not believe, receive our witness. Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine to fourteen, it says, "But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard." nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the spirit of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received the, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for there are, they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually designed. And then Romans chapter 8, verse 5 to 8. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is there, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor, can, nor indeed can be. So then... Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Amen. So, I was saying that this three passages is talking about spiritual things and Jesus uses the wind, 
Paul also uses how natural things happen to us. And conclusion is saying that we need to understand spiritual things. We need to move in the spirit. Because if you live according to the flesh, the Bible is saying that you cannot receive anything from the Lord. Because the deep things of God are revealed by the spirit of God. And I say spiritual simply means supernatural things which is divine, not physical. And until we begin to know the benefits which the spiritual things are for us, we may be engaging ourselves with spiritual activities, but you are not going to benefit from it. Because sometimes you think you are praying and so something should come on you. You should receive something, but maybe you pray and pray and pray and you don't get anything. And so it makes you get discouraged. What am I doing? Is it real that spiritual things work? Sometimes it's just because we don't understand some few things or we don't do some few things. And it's so much important for us to know that spiritual things are important because they are more permanent than the natural thing. The book of 2 Corinthians tells us that he said that as we look to the things which are not now or natural, they are more permanent than even the natural things. And I talked about six things. That one is how God perceives and preserves spiritual things or blessings for us. And I talked about spiritual things cannot be touched and who we can know them by the spirit. Natural man is ignorant about spiritual things. Natural man looks spiritual, lacks spiritual benefits and spiritual life is peaceful. So let me continue where I want to start as part two is how we receive or benefit. So, how am I going to receive the benefits of the spiritual things? Assuming we are praying, assuming we are in the church, assuming we are doing things which is supposed to be spiritual, how am I going to get it? How am I going to receive something? How am I going to benefit from it? That is the most important thing. And it is important because, as we know, the Bible has said it, that it's always almost difficult for natural man if you live just as a natural, think natural, do everything natural, physical, that you will receive. So somebody will ask me, Pastor, what are you talking about? We are physical being. Yes, you are physical being, but there's a spirit in you. There's a spirit in you. You have a soul. And the body expresses what is inside. I always say that this body is a container. It's a container. It's just like you have a box and you pack some things in it. When the box gets spoiled, you realize that all the things you pack in the box, they may split off. That is why when you die, then that is it. Whatever is in you cannot be seen anymore. You can express them. With all my anointing, if I die right now, where would the anointing be? Nothing. So, the body is a container of God. So, Corinthians makes us to understand that, don't you know that the spirit of God lives in you? So, we are just containers of God. When God leaves this place, in your body, when the spirit man leaves, that is the end. And we shouldn't forget the Bible said that when God created man, He molded man 
in a clay form. A man was lying down. Bible say there was no life in man. And then God came and then breathed into the dust. And Bible said the man became a living soul. Man became a living soul. Until Adam sinned or fell and sin entered into man, man was always having the original nature of God in him. That is why he gave Adam the authority to name the animals. So Jesus came to restore that. And so when you accept Christ, it comes and stays into you. The spirit of God lives in you. It is just like reactivating your spirit, man. And so we cannot communicate to God who is a spirit with just always with our natural understanding. Whatever we do in the church, you may say, Pastor, but I clap with my hands. Yes, it's a spiritual form. If you do it and you do it well, God accepts it. That is why in the Old Testament you will see that he told Moses that build me a tabernacle. And when he built the tabernacle, he instructed him certain things they are supposed to do in the tabernacle. Put a candle there. Don't let the a candle go off. Put in the oil so that it will continue to burn. And all, they all have their meaning. And that is all that we are operating in now. So inside you, there's a spirit man. Until you begin to understand that and you begin to relate it well with God. You may sometimes be operating in just only the natural. I've heard doctors who are surgeons, who are not even, those who are not even surgeons, sometimes they say something at a the point. They just feel like just praying and all of a sudden, maybe let me put it in your language, something happens to them and they're able to see through and get work done. I've read so much about the biography of inventors. And some of them will tell you, we got a place, they don't know what to do. But we went to the church, they prayed, or sometimes they prayed, and all of a sudden they said they are way through. So, man cannot just live as a natural man. We eat naturally, we laugh naturally, we do so many things naturally. But there is a spiritual component part of it. So Bible says that now we do not know any man in the flesh. We know men in the spirit. Meaning that if I see the born again person in the church, I cannot just judge that Christian by the natural things I've been seeing around the person. I don't have to just be looking at the sister, so so and so, and sister, so so and so is always fitting. For sister, so so and so is just like, no, look through behind that. And that is what I call the word see. If you just look through, you look, you are just looking natural. But when you begin to see the way God sees it, you will see that there's so much in that lady. There's so much in that man. There's so much in that person. That maybe naturally, there's nothing good about the person. I was talking to somebody yesterday on the phone. I was counting the person. The person was saying, and I said, listen to me. 
He said, oh, I have to be very strong. I have to be everything before God will call me. And I said, that is where you are missing it. God doesn't call perfect people. And he won't call perfect people. You may go to all the schools. You may acquire all the certificates. All the professions. But there is something about you that may not be making you perfect. So Bible says in Corinthians that he takes the foolish things of the world to do what? To confound the wise. To make you understand that God works in a different way. Until we learn to see the way God sees, sometimes receiving from him becomes very difficult. And so how do we do it? The first thing I'll talk about is that you must always remember that God is a spirit. And you are human. So it is like we, looking at ourselves naturally, we are human beings. How can I come to a spirit man and receive from the spirit? That is our challenge. And so sometimes we forget that even we are in the presence of God. But God is a spirit. And sometimes my question is that if God you were a spirit, and you made our spirit and you created that in the flesh, and we are moving, and you want us to communicate with you, how are we going to do it? But he knows that we can do it. He knows how to relate to us. Because he started right from the first man he created, Adam. He was in the flesh. Flesh. But he comes, Bible says he comes in the cool of the night or in the cool of the day, and then he talked to Adam. And Bible makes us to understand that when even Adam missed God, when God came to the garden, Adam started running away. It means that there was something with Adam that he was able to connect and sense that God is around. And that is what I'm trying to arrive at to, that all of us will get that point. We must always have the release in our heart, in our mind that God is around. Wherever you are, God is around. There is no secret anywhere for you to be strong. There is no secret anywhere for you to excel so much. Yes, you can hear motivation messages. You can read everything. You can do everything. But when you begin to understand that at every second, at every moment, God is around. It puts you in a different level. You get to a point that you say that, yes, I know who I am. Because God is always around. The Bible talks about the fact that when God came and he called Adam, he said, where are you? He said, I heard your voice. I heard you. But the funny thing is that at that time, God has not called Adam. So how did he hear God? Sensing. Sensing. Making sure your spirit man is always open. Yes, he's a spirit God. He's a spirit person. He's a supreme being. But he has given us the spirit so that we can sense that he is around. 
I heard that you were in the garden and I was afraid and I hid myself. And God asked him, who told you that you are naked? Adam didn't tell God that God, <laughs> I saw that I was naked so I want to hide my. He said, I heard you were around and I was hiding my. And God said, who told you that you are naked? Because God knew very well that Adam has defied himself. So we must always remember that. When you remember God is a spirit being and you are a man, you will put yourself in a certain way. So that you'll be ready to receive from him. This means that your spirit man should be aligned with God's spirit to receive from him. That's what I'm talking about. To remember that God is a spirit and I'm a human being. I live in the flesh. I can see things physically. My eyes are not open. I cannot see that God is here. I must find a way to release my spirit man. Let the physical things go. And let me feel that yes, my spirit man should align with God's spirit. Because Bible said the deep things of God are revealed by the spirit of God. Meaning that if I do not align my spirit man with the spirit of God, I cannot see or know the spirit, the, the deep things of God. I hope they are not too deep. They are simple. I'm trying to make it very simple. Because I know spiritual things are always sometimes people difficult, very difficult for some people. But it's just simple like that. So you just release yourself. So that, for example, we've come to church right now. We are just preaching. We are worshiping God. We are doing it. How do you do it? How do you give spiritual worship? Because Bible tells us that we should, our worship even becomes spiritual. Our praises should even be spiritual. How do we do it? So you forgo the physical things and the natural senses and then you say, God, I'm giving it to you. And to let you understand me in a very simple way. And I know all of us here, if you have not experienced it every time, at least some one day or something since you are born again, you have experienced it before. You see how sometimes you want to pray or you want to sing and you start it in the flesh. You don't know what, like Paul will say, I'm torn between the two. Then that means the flesh and the spirit that they are competing. And then you say, well, let me do it. You see, you sing it less. like I mean that. Then over, then the second line comes. It's like something is emanating, something is happening. You begin to rise up. And all of a sudden, when you are beginning to look back, you say, Ah, I didn't want to sing. I thought I was just joking. But what happened to me? You have been moved from one level to the other. So that is how the whole thing works. You learn to start it in the flesh and then you must end in the spirit. If you feel like just saying it, you feel like speaking it. You want to allow God. Yes, you have come. You are flesh. It's true. You came here in the flesh. You were walking. You are flesh. Your mind is flesh. 
we are going to church. But when things begin to work, then you begin to see that no, your spirit man goes up. All that we normally put it is as something. Because you don't know how to describe them. Amen. So it is so simple for you and I to come to church and then receive. Whether it's a miracle service, whether it's a healing program, whether it's a normal church, it's so easy for you to receive from God and God touches your life. There's nothing superstitious about it. Don't let it become so much mystical. Don't let it become so much like that. It's so simple. The next thing I would say is that to receive from things of the spirit or from the spirit of God, you first of all, or second point is that you need to value spiritual things. Put value on them. What is it? And for me, simply for you to put value on something is just um, you have two items, you are maybe doing some comparison. So you just try to compare them. This and this, which one is higher? Can I put value on this one or this one? No, it's not necessary. And I believe that Sometimes, some things are not valuable, but we decide that they are valuable. Sometimes you hear somebody writing a book, and they give a big and attractive title on the book. The moment you see it, how, maybe for instance, how to identify demons. And I think if you see a book like that, almost all of us will buy it. <laughs> almost every one of us will rush for it. How to identify demons. Hey, who doesn't want to identify demons? Are you understanding me? And then, we want to buy how to identify, want to see demons, want to know how demons pray. You go and buy, you start reading. Ah, what is this? Ah, that's why the pastor trained the dad. We cried. Ah, the writer just put a value on it. So it makes you also think that that thing is so much. But after reading it, you say, mm, 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 mm. "This twenty cities, no, 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 no. This one, if you give you five cities, cry is a cheat." And that's what I'm trying to say. When it comes to things of the spirit, the value you put on it helps you to receive from it. When the spirit of God, we say the spirit of God is moving and all of a sudden, you just want to open your eyes. You are just working in the, in the, in the realm of the physical. Amen. But then we say the spirit of God is moving. Wow. I will be touched. Just like blind Bartimaeus said. Jesus is passing my way. I will not allow Jesus to go free. 
how to receive my sight. Jesus touched me also. The Bible says he started screaming. Son of David, son of David. And the fleshy people were telling him that shut up. You are blind. We, we have two eyes. We can see. We are around the man. We are touching the man. And nothing is happening to us. You, you are sitting there blind man. Shut up. But the Bible said the more they shut down on him, the more he did what? He raised his voice. He knew very well that this is my time. I will not this, allow this time to pass by. Jesus should not leave me. But if we say the people were following him and following him, nothing happened to them. For instance, the woman with the issue of blood. Bible says he heard about Jesus. He came, she came from behind. She pressed through. Whereas many people were touching him. And Bible says when she, she touched the garment of Jesus, Jesus said, somebody touched me. And Peter said, what are you talking about? Everybody is touching you. We are all moving and we are touching you. are telling me somebody is touching you. What do you mean? He said, no, you don't understand. Somebody has really touched me. That is what I'm talking about. The difference is how you see the move of God. How you can identify that something good is happening here. And your spiritual things. It is this, this way. How am I going to get into it? Do I have to pray? Do I have to worship? Do I have to just say to myself, yes, Lord, I release my faith and I touch it? Else, you would just be saying, yeah, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. He is passing this way. And truly, he will pass the way and go away. You can come to church. Nobody will call you and pray for you. But your attitude and the value you pray, you put on yourself. You say, by this preaching, I'm receiving my miracle. It can be done. It can be done. Many have received healing and miracles not by their calling, people calling them or pastor calling them, but just by the word of God. It is the value. It is the value. How you esteem the presence of God. How you see the presence of God. How you hallow the presence of God. You come and you say to yourself today, I will not go to the house of God and come back the same. Before I will come back to my house, something peculiar will happen to my life. I will see a change in my life. That is what you do. But if you just feel like going to church and just going to the presence of God, this is the room. We are just in that room. No, it won't help. Hallelujah. So you learn to put a value. On the things of the spirit, but the spiritual God, things of God, and then it helps you. Meaning that don't treat it as an ordinary thing. So your normal thing you treat it, the normal way you look at things, no, you don't look at it from that level. You don't look at the things of God just normal way. What are all these they are doing? What is the, what are they screaming for? What is the shouting for? What is the clapping for? What is the dancing for? Look at the man, the way he is dancing. And the wife of David paid for it. 
Bible says when the ark of God was coming and David was so happy and the Bible says he started dancing. As a matter of fact, the word dancing, the Hebrew says he twitched. Twit, meaning that he was just twitting himself. Just twitting, twitting. Those of you who do twits. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that it looks like she's becoming naked because in those days they don't wear trousers like this. No. Like a woman wearing what do you call the flare or whatever it is. And twitting. And then the wife was looking at him. Mm, the whole chief. The king of Israel. The Bible says when the ark of God settled, then he, he came in. And the wife said, oh, look at the king. Today, how the king disgraced himself? By twitting himself and becoming naked. And look at what he said. No, he said, not even the presence of God. Though. Even though David was dancing in the presence of God, the wife saw it. It was not in the presence of God. The wife didn't see the ark of God. He saw the servants. How do you see kings in the presence of God? He saw the servant. Bible says she said to him that, he said, look at it. You disgrace yourself and you make yourself naked before your servants. And God said, hey, dancing before me, becoming naked before me, you term it in the presence of servants. That is how sometimes we value the spiritual things. When things are done, instead of us looking at God, we rather look to human beings. And some of us become too gentle very pious in the presence of God. Yes, ICGC, order, dignity, philosophy, and all that. But those things will never supersede spiritual things of God. Hallelujah. I always tell our pastors when we go for meeting, I say, listen to me. We are doing natural things, administration and everything. But some of you, if you are not careful, you will be disarmed. If you don't know how to balance yourself, by the time you realize, because you become so much this thing that you forget that it is the spirit that gave birth to philosophy. It is the spirit that gave birth to order. Because all these things, we quote them from the Bible. And the general pastor himself always pray and make sure that his spiritual line is in line. So you, the pastor, what are you doing? Hallelujah. So this is how we get it. And when you are able to understand it this way, it's so easy to balance yourself very well and receive from God's presence. Hallelujah. The other thing we do is that you have to understand them in God's own perspective. Not in your own way. Not in your own way. Like example, the wife of David looked at it from that level. And sometimes we do that. In our own perspective, in our own understanding, this is how I see it. I don't think God likes it this way. No. Not in your own understanding. 
So how are you going to understand it in God's own perspective? By the word of God. By the word of God. And just by opening yourself to the spirit of God to teach you. It's simple. The next thing I want to talk about is that know that his ways are different. To receive from God's presence his spiritual things, you must know that his ways are different. He may not do it in your own way. And so sometimes you may easily forget or not see it. And you will think, oh, this is not God. Because you want God to do it this channel. You want God to bless you in this way. Like some time ago, I set an example. You pray, God, bless me. I need money to buy fridge. I need money to buy fridge. I need money to buy fridge. It's fridge you need. And then God touches somebody's heart and the person gives you fridge. Ah, God has not answered my prayer. The question is that if God gave you the money or the person gave you the money, what were you going to use it to buy? And sometimes if the person gave you the money, you are going to buy home use where you are going to pay more for it. What do I mean by you're going to pay for more for it? You think that is cheap. But maybe in your electricity bill. The little knowledge about uh, know about these things, you will pay for it. And for information, Americans, Europeans, they use fridge, Papa. They use it all. You plug it in straight, boom. You push the fridge at the back. That is all. No switch off. No switch on. Here you can switch on and off, especially in America. Switch beer in That is all. Whether the light is on, whether your fridge, whatever it is on, until the fridge gets spot, they will never remove it. And when it gets spot, they remove it and they bring it. And you say you are buying a cheap fridge. Yes. Oh, somebody will say, Pastor, you are spoiling my business. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, no. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not anything. At the end of the day, you are going to pay so much. The next time you can say the, the motto, hey, say this, hey, and that is all. You'll be spending money. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you ask for fridge, you want to get the money for fridge and God gives you the fridge, don't get worried. Maybe it's a brand new. It's a brand new. And I've seen it in somebody's life before. Where the person was asking for, oh, my fridge is poor. Please, can you go and repair it for me? My fridge is poor. Can you go and repair it for me? The person said, oh, okay. The person went and said he asked for the fridge part and he, he realized the amount and he asked the repairer. So after fixing the motto, what is it? We have to buy the, or is it gas or something, something. And then he said, ah, so how much will we also charge? And the person put all of them together. Mm -mm 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 -mm. So the person just bought a brand new fridge and gave it to the person. Sometimes I don't know. So open your book, Nati. And to the chin chin, I will hear the Canada. I can't understand. But a simple term is that in the things of the spirit, the way God works, it's not how sometimes you work. Your thinking may be different. You may see it in this way. God is seeing it in another way. So you learn 
need to see it in God's way. Understand it in his way. So that you receive. Because God doesn't lose, we lose if we don't get it. Hallelujah. We need the thing. And so we ask him and he'll give it to us. We find a better way to receive it. The next thing I will say is that don't look at them as foolish. Because God's ways, most of times, naturally, they are not wise. There's no wisdom in what God is saying. No, it doesn't make sense. How do you, God, how will you go and call fishermen? Ah, we want people who can talk to kings, governors, presidents, and you go and call fishermen. I don't know how Jesus was going to do it. But he did it. He did it. Sometimes we look at them as foolishness. It doesn't make sense. What's the meaning of this? Why do I give my tithe? Tithe for what? Why do I give offering? For what? Why do I pray? For what? If I don't need anything, why should I pray? Ah, my car is good, so why should I pray that God should keep me safe? You understand me? They are petty, petty, simple, simple, simple things. And by the time we realize we are ignoring God. We are thinking that the things that God is about to do or we are supposed to do, they don't make sense to us. And so when God is even speaking to you, slow down, slow down, slow down. Let me slow down, yeah, then. When even if the cow crosses you, I want to do overtaking. Look at this cow. And sometimes it's for a purpose. And I know most of us here who drive, sometimes you might have sensed something. You're driving, you are going somewhere, and all of a sudden something checks you. And you, you sometimes you don't understand. And after that, thing, then you say, ah, oh. That is why you learn to commit yourself to the hands of God every day. Don't look at it that it doesn't make sense to you. Why should I get up in the morning and be praying? I have food on my table. My wife can cook for me. I have my car is ready. There's fuel in it. I have money to do this. So why should I pray? Praying for what? You've forgotten that your life, you cannot pray. You cannot buy it. You cannot buy it. So we learn not to just look at the things of the spirit. They are foolishness. They don't make sense to us. So God said he takes the foolish things of the well to confound the wise. In other words, the wise man thinks that this one doesn't make sense. God will say, I will let it make sense to you. I will show you that this one is rather sensible. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So what, by that, what I mean is that don't despise. Don't despise the things of God at all. Don't ignore them. The worst of it all is for us to ignore them. Oh, what is this? Oh, what is this? No, don't ignore them. And I say, and conclude before God starts or finish. 
Sometimes the moment we see that, oh, this is how it's going to end, doesn't make sense to me. Don't do that. Don't conclude before God starts or he finishes the work. It means you are making it not, I mean, wise. You think it doesn't make sense. So either you will despise it, you ignore it, or sometimes you will not. You will just conclude. This one, it won't get anywhere. You have no idea what God can do. When he started work, it may, may look like it doesn't make sense. But don't conclude. Don't conclude. He may have not have finished the work. But the way it is not going the way you want it, don't conclude. Don't conclude. Because he will finish it well. He will finish it very well. That is God. So it doesn't matter how the whole thing starts. Never conclude and don't despise it. Don't ignore it. Give him the chance. And I always have something I tell myself when I'm dealing with God on certain issues. I say, God, there is something I know about you. And I will give you what I call time. I live in time. But God doesn't live in time. So just give him time. In the next six months, we will see what will happen. If it is God who has begun the work. In the next two months, we will see what will happen. If really he began that work. In the next five years, you will see. If really he has called you and he see he is taking you to that place. We will see what will happen in the next five years. Oh, that's if you want to clap, go ahead and clap. It's just a time. It's time. That is sometimes where I think we have a challenge. We don't have time. We don't give God time. Like one day somebody called me and said, Pastor, and so you be you. I'm saying, hey, and I was wondering what the person was talking about. And Pastor, I said, I'm saying, I mean, yeah, then. This and this and this and my job and this and this. So, Pastor, Pastor I, 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 you have to do something. You have to do something. I said, I don't know what you want me to do. What, something like what? And all that the person was talking about is prayer. And I said, prayer for what? And you know your pastor, questions and questions. And so, prayer that my work and this, and I'm losing it. And then, 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 then. I said, oh, I will pray for you. But the final authority will come from God. Let's see if God will do it. If it is where his will and he has started the work, he will surely maintain you. So we can push him in a bottle. That is how we have to understand. We can't push him in a box. And we can't box him and say, by all means, because there are times the things you think they have, there are no hope in them, they are the things that God will bring hope in them. So you learn to just give God a time. And time will show what he has begun. Finally, I say be spiritual. Just try to avoid carnality. Sometimes try not to listen to your flesh. 
or your natural senses in his presence. When you are about to move, you are praying, you are seeking the face of God, you are doing any spiritual thing, try from time to time. Bring down your challenges, bring down your emotions, bring down your fears, bring down close, close your fears, your, your everything. Yes, it is true. That thing is in front of you. It is true. You can deduce or you can see that this is danger. But try to overlook it. And once you are standing before his presence, have the confidence that the Lord God that you serve, Jehovah, the living God, El Shaddai, Yahweh, the Elohim God, he will take care of that danger. Just look at him. He is the God who provides for Abraham. He is the one who took the children of Israel into the Red Sea. He is the one who defended the children of Israel when the enemy were coming behind them and they were walking and the enemy were coming with charros. And he said, you have no idea what I'm going to do. The Bible says he moved his engine from before them and he set it behind them and he gave the people light and by your enemy, he gave them darkness. May the Lord do that to you. May he do that for you. Yet the enemy that are coming behind you, he will give them darkness, but you will see the light. In the name of Jesus, light will shine upon you. Light will shine upon you. Darkness will not overtake you. Light will shine upon you. And so when you stand before him, just avoid all the natural senses and say, yes, I am before Jehovah. He is the one and you make it good. Hallelujah. Come on, open your mouth and give him thanks. And put your hands together and give him praise. He is Jehovah. He will do it again. He will do it again in your life. He will turn the tables around. He will bring you to successful end. Your expectation will not be cut short. I declare upon you this morning that whatever the enemy has prepared for you, it will not work. It will not work. It will not work. I destroy any strategic plan, any conspiracy that I see before my eye, that I've been purposed against your life, that I've been put before you. Any trap, I come against it in the name of Jesus. May the Lord take your feet from out of that trap in the name of Jesus. And I speak upon you. You'll fulfill your destiny. You'll fulfill your destiny. Because this God that you say, He's not a man. He will never lie. He will never change his mind. He's a faithful God. May he bless you. May he keep you. May he protect you. May he make you strong. And I declare that at least this last quarter, may God show you his favor as never before in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you and God bless you. We're glad you made time to listen to this sermon. For more of these messages, please search for Reverend John Cramper on Google Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ICGC Shekinah. Stay blessed.